I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where those treetops glisten And children listen yeah. to hear slaves it excludes every child with hearing difficulty well there's also that one christmas song where it's like to kids from like what is it from one to one to 92 fuck 93 year olds right yeah i don't know i never worst fucking christmas of your life i never thought about that lyric for some reason i thought it was listening like highway numbers <laughs> like from highway one to highway 92 i 92 yeah that's kind of i never like actually stopped to to like think about that line but now that well, it i am also happens in the hoedown throwdown not christmas but if you're if you're five or 82 this is something you can do and like that could she could get sued for that because like at, right at like least... she's assuming a certain kind of athletic agility from an 82 year old yeah uh, so at least the christmas song is more inclusive mm-hmm. one to 92 five to 82 so <sighs> hannah montana is ageist <laughs> yeah, that's true. hello and welcome back to remake hot take the podcast where you play studio executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media i'm maria schwarz and i'm brooke reese and this week we are doing collectively one of our favorite christmas movies the santa claus mm-hmm. um at least according to maria's text where she listed <laughs> five other potential favorite christmas movies but this is the only one that we had overlap on our our christmas movie favorites diverged quite a bit I think that's my fault. I think my like Christmas I feel like movie you had taste. strange ones. Yeah, I looked at them and I went, "Huh." Yeah, I've been I've been told that <laughs> this is not the first time this Christmas season. That well, I I've think been it's told. just like we had very different childhoods, and I think yeah. Christmas movies are very much about nostalgia. Yeah, and I think <laughs> you just had a different background. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You said Barney's Night Before Christmas, which was way out of left field. That's how you started the list. (laughs) And then Barbie Nutcracker, Mm -hmm. then Polar Express, Santa Claus. Well, you weren't in any order, but then Class, which I don't actually know what that is. Mm. And then Love Actually, The Holiday, then A Holiday in Handcuffs. Um, We've really progressed from Barney. (laughs) And then Christmas with the Cranks. And once upon a Christmas. Yes, I will say that I did rank them, and the first two were for nostalgia purposes only. Was Barney and Barbie Nutcracker? Because, like, I mean, I think they're good movies, but I can recognize that this is not like a if a guest was over, I wouldn't force <laughs> them to watch this. This is do more you like watch. Do you watch Barney now? Yes, every Christmas we watch Barney and Barbie. They're like, we we watch Barney on Christmas Eve because it's Barney's night before Christmas. We get all 
we got all ready. We watched Barney, then we're all tucked in bed. And then I read my parents night before Christmas. It's it's a bit of a role reversal that happened around like age 10. They just got too tired because they're old. So like at age 10, once I had learned how to read, I had mastered that skill. And specifically, we read The Night Before Christmas in Hawaiian. So I'm from Hawaii originally. And it's like a Christmas book that has some like Hawaiian words in it. So it's like, "'Twas the night before mele kalikimaka, when all through the hale, not a like kikino, like, or something. I don't know. There are like Hawaiian words sprinkled in it, um, which I like probably butcher the pronunciation of every single time I read it. Um, and I remember like in my first grade class, so like only a year after we had moved from Hawaii, had like a Christmas, spring of Christmas book to read along. And I brought that one and I absolutely killed, even though I did not pronounce a single Hawaiian word correctly. They didn't know that. <laughs> the Pennsylvanians didn't know. And I just wowed them. Um, but yeah, so I read that to my parents every night. And we have every to watch night. Before, <laughs> every, every, <laughs> every night that I go home, just get them all tucked in. <laughs> no, every uh, every Christmas Eve. And then they like pass out by like 7 p.m. They're they're really old. So they're I just in bed. never heard of someone like I feel like Barbie has a appeal to adulthood. Do you find that Barney has an appeal? Like, I don't know. Yes. I just feel like that I've never heard of anyone watching like Sesame Street or Barney mm-hmm. for like nostalgic purposes. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they don't make it into like the like like Disney and Barbie there are certain things that are like meant for adults I don't know if yeah does Barney have that same thing yeah so you're saying like kids shows where they sprinkle in plot lines or jokes that are gonna appeal for the adults Barney definitely does not have that but it's really good it's so it's a Barney sing-along so they sing just all all like classic christmas songs and and classic christmas carols so it's it's an interactive we put on basically like a musical theater show when we watch this and it's only like 45 minutes long like it's a it's a quick watch and so we put it on and like we say all the lines and then we sing all the songs and it's great we do like the movements we do the dance moves so it's like it's a choreograph that's why my parents are so tired that's why they're in bed by seven because we are literally doing a choreographed sing-along version of this movie and then time for bed but yeah it's good it has what I will say is the best cast Santa Claus that I have ever seen this man looks legitimately like Santa Claus like he looks lovable and adorable and like he has like the kindness of Christmas in his heart so I will say that you're missing out you're missing out and I feel like you're giving a little bit of shade towards Barney (laughs) Um, I just I have concerns why I don't know I just don't I don't feel the same joy towards Barney (laughs) I feel like he's a creepy creepy little dinosaur I don't even know what he is yeah, he's a purple dinosaur. Kind of looks like a hippo. Yeah, I can see that. What's the song? It's like, Barney is a da 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 in your imagination. Like Elmo's cute and cuddly. 
So is Barney. No, Barney Barney also traumatized a whole group of children when he was stabbed to death at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I do watch that every year. What? Yeah. So at one point, my my parents and I were like on the Barney Wikipedia page. Well, my mom was, and she was reading things out. And she was she read something that was like one Thanksgiving, Barney was stabbed to death. And she failed to mention that it was his balloon. Um, we just thought like there the was actor? a homicide. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there was like one Thanksgiving, I think it was like in the 90s, where Barney's balloon like caught on something and they started like losing him. So then a bunch of people, like a bunch of like the balloon holder people had to mm-hmm. jump on top of him because they couldn't regain control. So they just jumped on top of him and like stabbed him to death until he was down. <laughs> I love on that, live honestly. television. I love that. No, I was a Barney girl. I was not a Wiggles girl. I hated oh, the, I Wiggles. the Wiggles. The Wiggles scared me. I don't know why. They, they, they I terrified like that you're me. you're afraid of like men, <laughs> but you're fine with this dinosaur. Of course. I'm, I'm a dinosaur girl. We have established this time and time again. I'm a dino girl. I'm an animal lover. Um, a man in a color coordinated outfit. Get, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> That's a sign of danger. So yeah, I was not a Wiggles girl, but no, I will. That's why I say like, I'm not going to show you Barney if you're like, oh my God, I want to watch a Christmas movie with you. I'm not going to force you into that. That's, I I will force my future significant other because that's the Christmas Eve tradition. But if it's just leading up to Christmas, I will say that Barbie Nutcracker kind of holds up. And also I did not know that it that there was the nutcracker i thought that it was just barbie's nutcracker for like a shockingly long amount of time i'm gonna say i was maybe like 14 or 15 before i put the puzzle pieces together and that goes for like barbie nutcracker barbie swan lake barbie rapunzel i was just like wow barbie barbie's cinematic universe is so rich that other people are copying it um but yeah I finally finally figured it out maybe not 14 maybe like I'll give myself more credit maybe I was like 12 when I realized that um and I don't think it was until we went to like my dad used to go to this yearly conference around Christmas time in New York City and we got to come like tag along with him and so we saw like the Rockettes and then it was like the Rockettes did a little, um, you know, they do a bunch of different like numbers and everything, but one of them was Nutcracker based. And I was like, why does this look like Barbie's Nutcracker? <laughs> like I thought it was Barbie's Nutcracker. <laughs> um, and then, and then I think I, that's how I found out. Um, but yeah, the other ones are like, I, So that's the nostalgia ones, the categories that I broke it down into. Then it's the ones that I just think are absolutely amazing movies. And then the other category is like lifetime ABC family style ones, which is the holiday in handcuffs, which has um, what's the actress Sabrina from Sabrina, the teenage witch. Um, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Melissa Joan Hart is in that one. Melissa Joan Hart. And then the Once Upon a Christmas is like another one which you cannot find. I have not seen this movie in like years. It was another like ABC channel. Wait, what was it? Uh, Once Upon a Christmas. Hmm. 
it's like an ABC channel, ABC family channel. Like, I don't know if it's an original movie, but it, um, it's about like Santa Claus's two daughters and she like has to, I don't know, like prove that like people are good or something. And yeah, always assuming so much about his domestic life. <laughs> they really are. Um, they're like, he has to have a wife and he has to, he has to be producing. Um, but he has two daughters. One of them's named Rudolpha, which is horrible. She's like the evil one, which I would also be evil if I was named Rudolpha. And then I think the other one's name is like Eve or something. Like it's <laughs> like it's fucked up. And Wait, so... is it is she named after Rudolph? <laughs> yeah, like you're I think... named after the bravest <laughs> yeah. ranger I know. Yeah, he's like, you're named after my favorite coworker, <laughs> who also happens to be an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's like I think it, I... I wish it was someone named like Frostina. <laughs> I know, but I I think the other one's name is Eve or something, and she has to, like, go down to, like, the real world and, and, like, prove that humans are good or something, and she, they, like, she, like, hooks up with this family as, like, a nanny, and the kids are, like, spoiled or something, oh, and the I dad's, have seen this, yeah. yeah, have you, and the dad's, like, out of touch, and then they're, like, going somewhere for Christmas, and their car breaks down, and they have to like go. This is the part that appealed to me. This is this is the survival apocalypse like love of mine, where they're in this like log cabin that they find like in the middle of the woods after their car breaks down, and they have to like it's cold. It's a winter storm. They have to survive. But there's like randomly all these like canned goods in the basement. They're like canned peaches that just looked really appealing. And then they like cut down a tree from outside and they like make a little Christmas. I should watch that actually. I need to find where I can find this online to watch. Um, because it's so cute. When I was little, for some reason, I really like loved stories about people like making something out of nothing. <laughs> like poor people or like they're in horrible survival situations and they have to like come together as a team and like make a Christmas I don't know or like if you ever were assigned like Esperanza Rising like where she's sweeping like a dirt floor and like making it clean as like this eight-year-old um so yeah that was like a common theme from ages like five to ten of of children's books and movies that I was consuming so that's probably why that movie appealed to me um but yeah those were mine. What was on your list? Let's talk about our favorite movies real quick, and then we'll jump into. We're, the, you're, the one we're doing we're really well doing. at keeping this to an hour. Yeah, <laughs> no, we have we have to. So, <laughs> um, I'll make mine quick. Um, <laughs> I said Die Hard, um, which I'll... I have seen. I do like, but I don't know. The the classic debate is like, is it a Christmas movie? It can is. You, can you say you why? Said, okay, because I edited the last one and you said Chronicles of Narnia was a Christmas movie and you're going to draw the line at Die Hard? I Are said you because fucking it, kidding me? I said because it had he Santa. He says, ho, 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 I have a shotgun, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I said Narnia is a Christmas movie because it taste, takes place in winter there is snow and the key component is that santa claus is involved it takes place on christmas and i'm pretty sure bruce willis wears a santa coat or something 
There's I something. It's a Chris. It's literally Santa. set at a Christmas party, and it's it's really a fight against what the Germans or whatever. Is that is that who? I think it's so. like the Germans are trying to take away Christmas. Is essentially <laughs> roughly what it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll 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 allow it. <laughs> um, and then I said Elf. That's a lot of people's favorite, but I did not watch Elf and for until like a couple years ago for the first time. So, so there, I thought in, it was good, but there's I didn't limited sing along experiences. So. Yeah, if I can't sing and dance to to the movie, it's gonna be low, low on the list. And then I said White Christmas. I don't think I've seen that one. You just sang it. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't seen the movie. It's one of the older, mm-hmm. older ones, and then it has um like, is it Rosemary Clooney, George Clooney's aunt? Oh. is one of the main girls basically like two two guys um are in the war i don't remember which war <laughs> it was a war um and basically they like find out that they can sing <laughs> and so <laughs> post war they decide to like pair up and start singing and stuff and then they meet these um two girls who like are brother sisters of an old war buddy of theirs and they're like oh we're going to Vermont and so they follow them to Vermont and they meet their old captain like in the war um they're the general or whatever and he's running this like ski resort thing but since there hasn't been any snow in Vermont, I guess global warming had already begun. Um no one's coming there and he's like going bankrupt so they decide to bring their whole entire show to this little ski resort to surprise him and to like make him money and stuff and to mm-hmm. remind him that because they're uh, it, it's honestly they're like we need to cheer up the general um because he's like depressed but then the first song they sing to him is what do you do with the general when they don't want you <laughs> and so, so I'm like that's really uplifting they basically like tell this guy fuck you Is this um, what do you where... do with a general when you stop being a general what do you do with it the... there's is there a line about like you run an unsuccessful ski resort <laughs> <laughs> is that in the course is this the one where I've seen clips where it's like sisters sisters yeah yeah. They were never such sisters. Okay. And then I said a wonderful life. Yeah. And grandma got run over by a reindeer. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Did you ever see it when it played at the uh Kimball Theater at William and Mary? No. I saw I went to one. I can't remember if it was an actual like assignment. I think it might have been. Um I think it was I freshman year. There was this guy in the class that we had together on like low budget screenwriting mm-hmm. who is his plot was exactly it's a wonderful life. So when he pitched it, I was like, oh, so it's a wonderful life. And he's like, no, it is not. And I was like, OK, wait, so what's it about? And he's like, it's about a man 
who is depressed and so then he like tries to kill himself and an angel appears and I'm like so that's it's a wonderful life and he's like no 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 it's not it's just like there's this guy and there's an angel and he realizes that his life and all of the people around him are better off with him even if it's messy so I'm like so it's it's a wonderful life and you were like and and what time of year is this taking place <laughs> he was like around christmas but that's <laughs> that's just a coincidence um that's funny but i saw it at the kimball theater which is like this old historic theater and it was like a week or two before christmas and it had like just started snowing and I think they even had like maybe a, a live orchestra playing along with it too or something. It was something special. And it was the first time I had seen it and it was so good. I was like, ah, there is meaning in, in life. <laughs> there is there's hope and love. So that's a good one. What's what's grandma got run over by a reindeer? I mean, the title is pretty descriptive. Okay. So so true to true to title. No surprises yeah, I there. I've seen it in a while. I mean, it's just grandma got run over by a reindeer and then I think she has amnesia and no one can remind her or like she can't figure out who she is Hmm. I don't know I can't really fully remember but there's the song like grandma got run over by a reindeer I don't know now I don't even know the song but (laughs) walking down the street this Christmas Eve okay I like it well the one that we had in common was the Santa Claus. So do you want to say why Santa Claus is one of your favorites or some of the uh, favorite scenes from it? Sure. Um, I think Santa Claus, I mean, I always feel like I had some beef on it because I don't know about you, but it like, I can't spell Santa Claus without putting the E at the end. I don't know. I think it just like ruined a generation of spellers. Um, No, that was literally one of the talking points I wanted to touch on because (laughs) Again, like, first we have the Barbie Nutcracker revelation, then we have the Santa Claus, which I don't think, when did you realize? Because I don't think I realized until I was, again, around, like, 10 or 11, and I was, like, talking to my mom about Santa Claus, and I think I had, like, written something down, and she was like, oh, well, there's no E on the end, and I was like, you shut your mouth right now, woman, I know what I'm talking about. I was like, I think I picked up the DVD cover. And I was like, you read this back to me and you tell me what this says. Yeah, and she I was like, that's the joke. No, that's the thing. It's like, she was like, well, that's like, it's a play on words. Like, that's why the, the title is funny. That's why the, the movie is like joking about it. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying to me right now, but I will rewatch this closely and take notes. And it's interesting because it's very much a kid's movie. But it also is, you know, Christmas movie adults are going to be watching. So again, I mean, one of like, those, there's like, a part where he throwaways. starts flying and he's like, yeah, Don't worry, I'm used to this. I was I lived in the 60s, which I didn't get as a child. I don't know. I think. I, I am glad that we have a certain ar- amount of awareness about how. Out of context, Santa would be incredibly creepy as a figure, Um and so, like, there are a lot of movies where Santa is being sued and arrested. <laughs> are there? What? Like, Miracle on 34th Street, where Santa mm-hmm. is, like, thrown into jail because this man thinks that he's Santa Claus and they can't prove it and he has this whole court case. 
And this one he's thrown into jail. I feel like there are other ones where like Santa is in like hot water. And I feel like we don't see that for like the other breaking and entering. <laughs> like, like the Molinator is never. Yeah, <laughs> never exactly. Arrested. I mean, we do have the, the Tooth Fairy movie with The Rock, which I haven't mm -hmm. seen in a while. So I don't remember if that is what it's about. But like Easter Bunny just gets by like he's just like I don't know I don't know what that's about but no one's ever no one's ever talking shit about him yeah I guess you know with Santa well I think it's because Santa's rules are more like defined right we know he's up on the roof we know he's coming down a chimney he, we know he where has, he's gonna be yeah he has an mo that's that's <laughs> clearly defined because even if I were to say like you know, Easter Bunny, we know what day he's coming, but does he have like such a clearly defined role? Because I think mm -hmm. that one's a little different for each household. Because I think I was just told that like the Easter Bunny wasn't bringing my Easter basket. He was just like wreaking havoc throughout the house and hiding the eggs. Not <laughs> he was, he was breaking, breaking, entering and destruction of property. <laughs> um, but Santa like Santa's more of a, a worldwide renowned figure I think so mm. with with that comes a certain mo and the police yeah, just, know what to look out for <laughs> if I was him I would just be getting so many mixed signals like you're putting out milk and cookies but you don't want him to break into your house like <laughs> come on yeah I think well I like what's interesting about this movie is that you know, he's not being really arrested for the breaking and entering. It's for the fact that he thinks that he is Santa Claus and he's a danger to like just specifically his child. <laughs> like he well, has I... kidnapped and broken the custody agreement. <laughs> and I also, I I thought it was weird. Like he's at a soccer game and suddenly there are a bunch of kids on his lap. Like if I was a parent, like he would like, Scott Calvin would not be allowed within a thousand feet of a school or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they were doing. They said that, like, what he was doing was really inappropriate. And that's, I think, what they're hinting at. And they at least are getting custody taken away taken away for Charlie. Um, but yeah, not a, not a good look for Scott Calvin. <laughs> yeah. I do want to talk about the dark side of this movie which I've talked about before in our magazine about how it's... Okay, so I think everyone and their mother knows at this point that there are, like, elves in the background at the beginning of the movie before mm -hmm. Scott Calvin becomes Santa Claus, and everyone's just like, oh, what a fun little detail. <laughs> but it also... I believe it has something a lot more sinister, and I believe that the elves conspired to assassinate the previous santa claus um <laughs> wait so do you think they're like in a union and they were like the ceo has got to go 100 yeah, um because like what happens like do you like the time where scott calvin appears as santa and they're like the new santa is here the new santa is here there's no despair there's not even really surprise like they knew that this was happening Hmm. they 100% called it and if you like think about it um like it's well, very I think there's a little confusion because they're like 
oh, this guy. And then Bernard's definitely hostile to him initially. I mean, hostile, but I think it's more because they scoped out Scott. Mm -hmm. Because Scott, on paper, sounds like a fantastic Santa Claus. And this is before social media, so they can't really look too far into it. But I think they 100% vetted Scott Calvin (laughs) to become their Santa Claus because, like, he works in distribution at a toy (laughs) company and his initials are already SC. Um, So, like, clearly they, they, they really sought this guy out. So I think the hostility is more that the guy that they risked murder for... Mm -hmm is not the guy that they want. And they ultimately ended up um, saying, like, if you if you see when Bernard reads out the little, like, card, it says um, that by putting on the, the suit, he fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that the wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. I'm sorry, design? Who's design? By design. <laughs> and like, we know that there's like a whole like elf task force as well that could do this. Um, like, it doesn't make, it sen- make sense. Like why, like why has everyone else been able to not hear the clatter? Like, I just, I feel like there was some kind of tampering that Scott Calvin's house, they specifically heard that clatter so you think um, like santa landed like softly gently on the roof and then i think some, the like, elves, elves were banging behind, because we know like, that the elves lids. <laughs> we know that the elves have a whole flying gear crew um and also listen specifically to their name elfs effective liberating flight squad they are they liberated themselves by murdering the current santa claus um I definitely feel like they assassinated the current Santa Claus and then um, they feel like they can't necessarily push Scott Calvin off of the roof until next year. So they really like band together to try to make this the best Christmas after all. (laughs) Um, And literally when Scott says, but what if I fall off a roof? No one answers him because that's the plan B. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're like it worked on the last guy <laughs> and yeah, then what is the really, one that gives him the rope what is very very concerning is then at the end um because charlie starts out as like oh i'm gonna be a psychiatrist or whatever and then the mom is like what are you gonna do now and he's like i'm going into the family business is charlie gonna murder his dad i thought that too i was like what a strange thing for him to say I do think that this is a refreshing take on nepotism. Like, imagine Maya Hawk had to murder Uma Thurman or Ethan Hawk to <laughs> regain control. I think that's way more interesting. Like, that's what they should do. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, you're allowed to work at this company as long as you kill your <laughs> kill your family member to get in. Which also, <clears throat> does Santa live forever or does he have a normal human lifespan because it like age I mean it had the ability to dramatically alter his metabolism and his physical Mm. appearance so I feel like it does maybe suggest that he will have like 
an immortal lifespan unless an accident were to happen by design by yeah design. i don't know i guess so because like the elves live for like 1200 years yeah. or whatever which gives them time to plan you know it does um, but, but i love that they had time to plan and the best thing they came up with was like what if he falls off the roof <laughs> and then like when the they're moving away santa does a little wave because he has made his peace with what happened he knows he wasn't a good santa and we saw from um neil and whatever the mom's name is they missed laura they missed their dolls and they missed the whistle Mm -hmm. so clearly santa had been fucking up (laughs) during his previous time so so they had to get him out i love that so do we think like this guy's only been on the job like 25 years which is like nothing in the santa time span he's basically like an intern at the north pole and like his name is like i don't know george and they're like god damn it they were like this was george's 90 day review (laughs) and they were like absolutely not they're like get this (laughs) get this joker out of here i love that um one thing i will say is that this movie has such strong 90s nostalgia vibes it is so comforting to watch and even though we're like late 90s babies I still like I still feel that that carried over into early 2000s as well I feel like 90s late 90s and early 2000s are all pretty similar for me um and I just I just love watching this movie for those one thing I will say is that the uh the Christmas lights in this town that he lives in are immaculate like every I was I was re-watching this and I was like wow I was like every single household here is just dressed to the nines like if you look at the scene in like the reindeer scene where they're landing on like a couple roofs like right around town the the Christmas lights are going up into like 200 feet tall pine trees like all the way to the tippy top the these are just random trees around like decorated like the Rockefeller (laughs) the Rockefeller tree like I was like what jobs did people have and it just made me think about how like in the 90s you could be like a single family income and have a mansion just like in a um in Home Alone and everything (laughs) and it kind of reminded me of that I was like what are these people doing that they not only are affording these mansions but also are paying someone to string lights into literally every single 100 to 200 feet tall pine tree around their house. And no LEDs or those like, um, I don't know. I feel like what's been popular lately is those weird little projection yeah. dot things that look like measles, like your house is dying. Chicken pox. I <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't particularly love that. Um, but speaking on occupations, as a someone who has a degree in psychology, works in the psychology field, how did you feel about the psychiatrist representation? Because yeah. to me, I feel like this film, and I don't have the stats to back it up, but I feel like this film talked a lot of men out of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because um, <clears throat> historically, sometimes psychiatrists did provide both medication management and therapy, but it's much more common nowadays to have those be completely separate. So a psychiatrist is going to be 
like 90% of the time, unless they're in like a private practice, if this is a psychiatrist at like a local hospital or a clinic or something, it's usually going to be divided. So they're only going to focus on medication management. And then you'll have an, and a psychiatrist is a, a physician, they're a doctor, um, which could be like an MD or a DO. And so they have gone to medical school and then they attend like a four to five year residency or fellowship where they specialize <clears throat> in psychiatric medications. Um, and so they, he is a doctor. I was like, there's a lot of psychiatry slander happening here. Uh, Tim Allen, I was like, come on, <laughs> come on, Scott. This man is a real doctor. Um, <clears throat> in terms of like representation, I will say that every psychiatrist that I have met is nowhere near as calm as Neil. Like, I think that's much more of like a therapist stereotype where they have like the couch and a cozy sweater and they talk nice and slow and they're like, blah, blah, blah. No, psychiatrists are like neurotic. I've never seen more stressed out, anxious people in my life. Like every single psychiatrist that I work with, I think would benefit from therapy because <laughs> they all seem very high strung. Well, that's what I I saw once on Twitter. Someone was like, I want to ask my therapist who their therapist is <laughs> and then keep going down the line until I defeat the big boss yeah <laughs> I've seen that before too um, so you don't find this there to be the sweater in the field no they, like you've never I've seen that sweater never seen a single sweater <laughs> I walk into that office every day and I just I search and I yearn for the sweaters which is another debate that I've seen on Twitter is that like sweaters made in the the 80s 90s early 2000s were of such like higher quality and I feel like you can see that in Neil's sweater. It's like Neil's sweater and then this the sweater that he um wears in when Harry met Sally, the white one. Those are like the famous sweaters. And when you compare them to like famous movie sweaters of today, which everyone talks about, like Chris Evans's sweater in <clears throat> in um Knives Thank Out. You. Yeah, it just it looks poorer quality. And so I don't know what they were doing, like if it was the economy <laughs> i don't know what what the 80s and 90s had going for it but hopefully not like better sweatshops <laughs> i know i hope not but they they knew how to make a sweater they made some good ones um which i will also say speaking on like the costuming and stuff of the, the costume and makeup of this movie i remember always hating laura's like bob hairstyle mm. the like blunt bob and like her outfits but now watching it now it's so funny that so much of that fashion has already come back around to be in that. style she did she she was a trend setter but yeah, I remember- you sit in the chair and you say i want the laura <laughs> i want the laura i want not the rachel i want the laura <laughs> specifically from santa claus if we're even sure that that's her name we're not positive <laughs> Um, but I want the mom in custody battle from Santa Claus. Um, but yeah, if you do look at her outfits, like they would all be fashionable to wear like right out of Shein today. <laughs> um, but I remember like as a young kid hating her hair so much in the first movie and then liking it so much more in the second movie. But now as a, as a wise adult, I was like, no, she was slaying in the first one. I was like, bring back the short bob. Um, I also wanted to mention, since you talked about like custody battle and ex-wives, I do love this like common trope of movies where it's like um, divorced dad 
needs to come up with some wacky idea to get his kids back from like the new stepfather or something because like it's like ant-man is just santa claus superhero verse mm -hmm. and like night at the museum is just santa claus in a museum <laughs> i was thinking mrs <laughs> I, doubtfire when you said yeah, that yeah mrs doubtfire <laughs> i don't know it's like and like half of these have paul rudd so i feel like paul rudd should have been added to this movie <laughs> Paul Rudd is the divorce dad. <laughs> it's great. Well, no, in in Night at the Museum, he's actually the stepdad, so he's very versatile. <laughs> he can play both parts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I will say, what's something else that's funny that I noticed on this rewatch is that he's like, "All right, Charlie, like we finished up, let's go home." And it's very unclear to me if they've serviced the entire world's children that mm -hmm. evening. Or just like the Chicago tri-state area. I, I don't even know. Calling it quits. Yeah, I don't even know if they're in Chicago. For some reason, it feels like Chicago, but it it seems like they got like a couple counties. But I'm very concerned. I hope Santa was on like the end of his journey. Like this was like the last stop, and they only had like twenty to five, twenty-five to fifty more places to go. Um, but well, I Charlie love did say that when you get in this sleigh, there's like a time continuum thing that happens. So also like the idea that he could get Charlie back at like a certain time. How would you know? Yeah. I think we need to ex explore more in, in detail <laughs> the, well, the think, magic of Santa. And I think with Santa, I think what's really weird from this universe is like, so do, so since we, since there is a Santa, are the adults surprised that there are random presents in addition to the presents that they bought? Or are they just taking mm -hmm. credit for it? Like, because maybe like some little things I'll be like, oh, maybe like, I don't know, maybe it was the neighbors. But I think you would remember if you bought your kid a goddamn canoe. Yeah, you know? like that's, <laughs> that's something you remember. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like that's a general loophole in all like Christmas movies surrounding Santa Claus. And it's always like, is it just explained away because like one parent thinks the other parent got it and they just have really poor communication skills? have a skills. bad communication and Neil is out there trying his best <laughs> to bridge them. Neil is like, <laughs> Neil. Neil's after Christmas sessions with his couples therapy, every single one is like, and I had no idea he was getting the kids a kayak and he knows that I'm terrified of water sports. <laughs> and he's just like, that's so strange. I think if I had to write a Christmas movie... I would incorporate in the magic of Santa some kind of like amnesia for the parents specific to like gift giving. It, it would be like they would either have like false memories. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, here, I'm going to write a Christmas movie and it's going to be that the, the magic of Santa is that false memories are planted in the parents' minds of buying those toys for the children. And, and that's their why- bank statements. And they're being, they don't check those. <laughs> it, it relies on a, on a family that is very loosey goosey with the credit card and they don't check. But I think that that would be the key. It's like temporary memory change for the parents that they think that they bought the kids the present. And that's why the parents eventually tell the kids that there's no Santa Claus. Cause like they think that they got those presents for them. That's how I would pose it if mm -hmm. I had to, if I had to pitch a movie. But um, one thing that I'll say is that 
back to my point earlier about like were they just doing like a couple counties in their area is that I love when he says to the ranger he's like all right pack it up like we're done for the day let's go home and then like we cut to the next scene and they're in the north pole and I'm like did is there did he not notice that they were flying like quite a bit further north (laughs) I was like is this where the I mean they talk about a time continuum but like seems like they're moving through space at a Charlie knocked him out (laughs) yeah I was like he has lost consciousness for a significant amount of time because even if they're like flying at the speed of like a a Boeing 732 like it's gonna take a couple of uh a couple hours minimum to get to the to the North Pole so I just think that's funny and then he's like so surprised he's like hey this isn't home <laughs> and he's looking around at like the barren ice landscape and I'm like no shit Scott like you've been flying over ice caps and glaciers for the last two hours <laughs> like you thought you that think- was I-94 <laughs> yeah like where did you think this was I just think representation really matters and I felt represented from this film um like when I tell my doctor that I am having issues and then they say oh maybe it's a hormonal imbalance um I think this is the first time that a man has been treated like a woman in the doctor's office and he has to be Santa Claus to make that happen I love that I don't know I found this film to be very fat phobic like Mm -hmm. if you had a co-worker come into the room would you go oh my god your weight (laughs) (laughs) what yeah I think that's a very like 90s thing too I mean in the 90s like they literally called the ideal female body like heroin chic like people were Mm -hmm. very obsessed with body image and that's like a larger discussion too about even movies that we grew up watching like I remember thinking that like Jennifer Lawrence was plus size in the Hunger Games and like because there was so much discussion about like how fat she was for for the early 2000s time period and it was like her and like Debbie Ryan in like Sweet Life on Deck and like all her like Disney Channel movies yeah I think that was a larger issue but I I know that I always love the doctor scene when it's like um his heartbeat is to the tune of like jingle bells and it's like yeah but when he takes off his shirt he doesn't have to go whoa (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck you like that's one way to get cole it yeah he was marked on the naughty list i will say from a medical standpoint i wouldn't have addressed my the patient like that but it would be very concerning (laughs) to gain 45 pounds in one week i'd be like he has a tumor. I'd be like, this is a massive, massive tumor. And he's well, he going just said to hormonal die. imbalance. But then later, when the elves on the shelf like strangle him to death, he'll know. Yeah. He'll know to do differently next time. Yep. But I asked my my med student roommate who was watching this movie with me, I was like, Megan, if you went to like take a patient's vitals and their heartbeat was to the tune of jingle bells like what what would your next step be and she was like refer to cardiology <laughs> she was like immediate referral to cardiology I was like would you think that they were about to die and she's like honestly that's not my area of expertise do you think that's Mariah Carey's heartbeat yes well I think that that's her heartbeat as soon as like November 1st hits 
November 1st or at least the day after Thanksgiving. And boy, does she rake in the cash. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say one thing. So I'm dressed like Judy today, which Judy is our uh, like shaken, not stirred queen, hot cocoa connoisseur. And one thing I'll say is that <laughs> I was watching this movie and she was like, it took 1200 years to perfect the recipe. And then she says like three things that she's done different to make this hot cocoa special. <laughs> she's like, I can't do it. She's like shaken, not stirred, extra marshmallows, something else. And I'm like, Judy girl, like, do they have you working too hard? Because how did it take 1200 <laughs> years to land on like three minor adjustments (laughs) to this recipe and you know who can tell like in another 1200 years will she say like oh we actually stir it or we shake it and then we stir it with a candy cane like what what other Mm -hmm. like (laughs) minor adjustments are there gonna be but I feel like it is like the classic white people stereotype where they'll do anything and instead of adding spices to something (laughs) so she's just like hmm maybe I could add like cinnamon or like something and she's like "Mm -mm, I think it just needs to be shaken I think Judy's actress is like a woman of color I'm pretty oh really I think so interesting um but you know she she knew that Santa's palette was (laughs) was uh minimally (laughs) minimally exciting so she was like you know I I add a little extra marshmallow in there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, okay. Another thing is that watching this back, I'm going to say something that could be life shattering here. I think that the North Pole like studio set and Floop's Castle from Spy Kids look shockingly similar to the point where I was like trying to Google if they had like the same set designer or something. But if you like compare them side by side, we're walking down like the halls of of the North Pole, I was like, you know where we could be right now? We could be inside Floop's Castle. It has, like, the same, like, stained glass, and then it also has this, like, loopy kind of architecture, and the hallways just look very similar in particular. So I just thought that was an interesting thing. It's, like, particularly, like, the hallways, and then, like, right outside of Santa's door, there's potential for crossover there, because they're all kids <laughs> do you think that like floop is just santa santa's like assistant or like a santa that got away not being murdered and then he just mm-hmm. takes all the elves that were in his favor <laughs> and they like Maybe. left with him um he wanted to make some weird ass toys he did yeah he was like you know toy making is just one subsection of the larger TV enterprise that he was trying to create. Um, I will say, did you watch Santa Claus 2 and Santa Claus 3? I did. Growing up, did you have a favorite amongst the three of them? Um, I mean, I prefer the second. Me too. One. Um, I don't know. I think I like enemies to lovers. <laughs> yeah have here but I also don't understand why he had to have a wife like it's not like Santa Claus follows the air system so I'm not sure why and like I don't know I feel like we could have had like a Mia Thermopolis like I'm going to rule the North Pole alone (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I rewatched the second one yesterday too. I always thought the second one was my favorite. And I rewatched it again. And this year it's not hitting as hard as it used to. And I think it's just because I'm like older and wiser and realized that he quite literally knew this principle for like maybe 12 days. And they went on one singular date and the date was to attend her office faculty Christmas party. And then I'm just, I'm just saying that if I was the principal and I like was told that Santa was real, but then I had to marry him, I think I would say yes. Cause I, I would be like, this is for, this is beyond me. This is beyond my, my happiness and my, and my dreams for a future. This is like, you know, the, the future of Christmas and for all the, all the world's children is at stake here. But I'd be like, can we live in separate homes? <laughs> can we have like a royal family kind of arranged marriage situation? Like I see him once a year, separate separate cabins in the North Pole. I have to really think about it, but I think I would say yes. But yeah, it just didn't hit as hard for me love this year. Blind. Literally, it's like not even 90 day fiance. It is like nine day fiance. <laughs> and it is it is a time crunch and I think they could have I think watching also that and being in education like I used to be like oh she's a bitch but it's like fuck them kids (laughs) like (laughs) I think I've shifted in that in that sense yeah but I do like the second one the third one I did not get a chance to rewatch it I remember it being my least favorite by like I do like the addition of the daughter um but like there has to be, there's like a big time jump, isn't there? Because well, she's in the second one too, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Lucy's in the second one. I really one. like her. I thought she was really cute. I don't... Martin Short as Jack Frost. It's a choice. <laughs> it was definitely a choice. Um, I don't love it. I know, I think about like the robot Santas a lot and how like the North Pole invented cloning and I feel like that also answers some questions for me it's like how did the elves like keep up with like current technological productions like I mean I think I get like the toy like rocking horse or whatever but like now they're doing like iPhones also are they being sued um for manufacturing that but if they invented cloning I feel like anything is really possible um but only cloning in toys so it's 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 limited in its applications I don't think it can work in like the medical field (laughs) (laughs) it's like Santa has the technology to like cure cancer but he's just (laughs) making like knockoff iPads for these kids (laughs) that's funny well I think I think Santa is very underutilized he knows when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows when you've been bad or good he should be used by like the criminal justice league. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's something that the the second movie touches on is the fact that he knows all of that stuff about adults too, right? It's like he kind of knows stuff more centered around when they were children. It doesn't seem like he knows too much about them in their adult life, but like he is at the faculty Christmas party. And the first that guy that he gives it to is actually an actor that's also in Halloween Town. He's like the the grumpy 
junkyard guy and he um is like oh your mom used to call you like jj or something and he knows like all the toys that they had like yearned for as little kids and so it you know it does bring the the question back to what is santa's responsibility um with that power because it's like do you think he could stop wars like do you do you think if he went to like yeah like do you think if he like went up to like putin or something and was like here you go here's the like rock'em sock'em robots and like putin would be like start crying and be like this is what i've always wanted i will actually stop committing war crimes so when you turn 18 do you like age out of santa's purview like are you able to be drafted and santa no longer can help you i don't know because i think he can still tell when people are like naughty versus nice but Mm -hmm. i don't know his his scope of knowledge dwindles i feel like he would be a really good lawyer yeah well that gets that's another thing that i wanted to talk about too which i'll i'll get into it in a second though because it's one of my remakes (laughs) but i have two questions before we move on to our remake ideas one is when did you stop believing in santa and how did you find out (laughs) this is not for not safe for kids if you're listening to this podcast i have no idea you don't remember no okay i I think i think it's i think it's also i mean we're going to get into the the faded discussion of only child versus siblings but I feel like it's different when you have a sibling who knows that Santa isn't real it's like it's less of like you can't go hardcore on Santa because it will only work for one half of the household population um I don't know maybe maybe when it's just you your parents kept the magic alive yeah (laughs) wait that's so sad no I literally I know let's let's let me just say this I feel like I know that Santa does not exist but I'm (laughs) I, I potentially believe in him a little bit more than like God (laughs) like (laughs) I feel like my philosophy not that like you know I you know I'm open to there being higher powers but I think if there are higher powers Santa could be one of them is all I'm saying like if you came Mm -hmm. up to me on the street with a pamphlet and it was like Santa is our savior like believe in the magic and power of Christmas I'd be like yeah, you can put me on your mailing list. <laughs> you, you you pray to the texts of night before night Christmas. Christmas. Um, what what is their policy on guns and and gay marriage? Santa's the- pro gay marriage. <laughs> I think he's anti guns. He's anti mm-hmm. like ring cameras too, and any <laughs> and any home invasion devices. He's... My dad did used to like write me letters as Santa as a kid, mm-hmm. and then he would like include. He would like put on stickers that I got for Christmas, and I thought that was incredibly rude and violating, and that was <laughs> out of line for Santa to use the gift that he brought me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so you and you and Santa were on bad terms. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was like a step too far. <laughs> And it was a relief when you found out that it was just Greg, like, fucking up your life and not, yeah. not another disappointment. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think my parents went pretty hardcore 
with the Santa magic, but like we're pretty into like a lot of holidays. We're we're people that like to celebrate. So when we lived in Hawaii, like my parents would do the like spray paint, like flocking on all the windows and they would say that it had like snowed overnight. And then when we moved to Pennsylvania, like we they took like boots and did like boot prints with like powdered sugar like throughout the house. And then I would always open up like gifts from our family. So there would be like a couple gifts under the tree and it would be, we would open all of them on Christmas Eve. So we opened like all of our family gifts on Christmas Eve and then we would wake up and then Santa would bring all the new gifts on Christmas morning. And so we would, there, there was like a big distinction between like family gifts and like Santa gifts. And they would always come in like these special like boxes and I still make my parents do that. I still, we still do like our, the all of our gifts. We still open all of them from each other on Christmas Eve. And then I still make them reserve like one of their gifts for the Santa gift in the morning. And my mom has to go out and like put it under the tree in the morning. No, I thought you, you still made them do like the powdered sugar. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm like, dad, if you don't put on your work boots <laughs> and go step in some flour right now, it's done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, I, I'm like, you know, only 95% convinced that he doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but the, the 95% came when I was like, I think like fairly older, I think like eight years old. And it was because my friend, my like best friend in elementary school, she was like, yeah, I found a list um, like in my mom's purse. And it was everything that I had asked for like from Santa that year. And she was like, so I'm starting to put together some pieces that like, maybe this isn't legit. I was like, oh my God, what do you she mean? She now works for the FBI. <laughs> yeah, she she was uh, putting together a lot of clues there. So yeah, that's my I think out. that would be fun for like a true crime podcast. <laughs> I like that. Quick shout out to Bernard, who I like had such a crush on as a kid. It was Bernard. I did not. I had a crush I on him. Everyone always talked about Bernard. Yeah. I had a crush on him and the like kid that was like in charge of the the flying squad yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I get that one okay that one hits home he (laughs) Bernard's like uh the guy that's like kind of mean kind of sarcastic but he's still like and then the the elf squad leader it's like he's a man with a job and he'll provide (laughs) like I was like yes he could rescue me like off the top of a roof any day I will say speaking of a man with a job this would only happen to men, right? Like in like in this economy, like a a job literally falls in your lap. That would only happen to men. <laughs> Was Scott Calvin qualified? No. But they made it work for him in a way that they would never make it work for a woman. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's actually let's jump into the remakes cuz one of my remakes is like what if it was a woman that murdered Santa? They immediately <laughs> push her off a roof. They, they'd be like, they'd be like, okay, that so was grandma. That was grandma. That's why she got she run got over run over by, by the reindeer. It's all connected. Yeah, no, I feel like exactly what you just said. If it was a woman that murdered her, or that murdered Santa, one, it would be like 
well, you can have this job, but like, I just want to be upfront that, you know, because of your, you know, previous work history, your salary just is not going to match that of the previous Santa. (laughs) They're like, we want to be transparent. And they're like, it's not because you're a woman. You're going to have half less marshmallows. (laughs) They're like, your hot cocoa is gonna have to be stirred. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just, it's not in the budget for it to be shaken. And you need to be happy with what we're providing you. Um, So I, I did have that. And then Another one is, you know, I feel like this job also is kind of like we've talked a couple times about it being the quintessential like work faculty party. It's in the first movie. It's in the second movie. It's a catalyst for a lot of the action. But I would love to jumping off that. I would love to see Santa Claus in his work from home era. (laughs) So I'd love to see him um oh that went a different direction I thought it was going to be I thought it was I thought you were going to bring in Die Hard and that Santa (laughs) has to fight against (laughs) Alan Rickman (laughs) the Germans he goes ho 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 motherfucker (laughs) no no I want to see Santa work from home Mm -hmm. um because I just think that's that's real fun so and not home as in the North Pole, home as in like maybe Chicago or whatever townhouse Scott Calvin lives in. And I think that if that were to happen, you know, he he murders the last guy he puts on the suit, but like not much changes for him. Like he hops on a team's meeting. He like burns a turkey in the background, hops on a Zoom call. Um, and then he's like doing the like naughty and nice list, but it's like a Google spreadsheet and every one of the North Pole like has access to it. They put in their P's and C's. They do a couple like Excel formulas to get like the, the percentage of naughty versus nice kids this year. Um, and I, I just love that. <laughs> love to see how that would pan out. Um, my next one is that, uh, what if this same situation happened but with just like any other job. So it's like you accidentally like pick up like a a Chick-fil-A server's vest and then like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, get get up to the door there. (laughs) They're like, you take that man's order and you let them know that it's your pleasure to take their order. You suddenly have like a polite country accent. Yeah. Or like- And then you go to your doctor and they're like, that's a hormonal imbalance. (laughs) Yeah. Or like speaking of doctor, like you- pick up a lab coat or like you dress up as like a doctor for Halloween and they're like all right sir like they they bring in like the crash cart and the patient's dying in front of you and you're like what are you talking about and they're like did you not read the card like I just (laughs) would love that if we expand this universe that this happens to every single job that you could possibly have I think with Chick-fil-A, it's like you're walking down the street and then suddenly a whole line of cows start following you um, because you are their lord and their savior. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is the man responsible for us living to another Christmas. <laughs> um, so I love that. And then there are a couple other spinoff series that I think we could have from this. One is I solely want the the POV of the person who lives in, in the townhouse next to Scott Calvin <laughs> because they were this close to being Santa. Like, if you look at it, he's in, like, a townhouse with a shared freaking roof. It was not just his roof that was clattering. It was everyone in that townhome complex. 
And I and just no love... one called 911. They're like, mm, not my business. No one called 911. It's because they didn't know how. Charlie was the only person that <laughs> knew how to call 911. And that's why he verified that fact. Um, but yeah, I just want to see the POV of the person that lived literally in the in the adjoining wall of Scott Calvin's home and like also heard the reindeer clattering, but was like, I don't need to go outside and and missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the last one that we were talking about um earlier is that I want a spin-off movie that is just focused on Santa Claus's lawyer. So kind of like the the better call Saul of the of the Breaking Bad universe, <laughs> exact same situation, um, where I just want I want the the fixer of the North Pole. I want to see what situations he gets Santa out of, and I I just would love to see the backstory on why all of these important legal documents are kept like on a business card, and I that like was to- such a scam. It's he's very clever. I will say that he or she, th- this lawyer, knows what they're doing, and they. I wouldn't be shocked if it was like an L Woods kind of a situation Elf where Woods, Elf Woods, yeah, that was my D and D character. <laughs> um, where like someone in the business owns like a stationery, <laughs> so mm-hmm. someone in their family owns a stationery business. And they know how to get those. Is that the only tiny... business card? Do you think that business card has been like passed it's around? Passed around. It gets like frayed at the edges, a little bit bent. <laughs> yeah. And each time it just you have to get more and more magnifying glasses. So those are my remakes. What about you? Um, so well, I think going off of like the lawyer idea. So since this is a clause and they're like putting on the suit, you signed the jack or signed the signed the contract. Um, I was thinking about, cause you know, it's, we're in a time where unions are very active. We're working to get for what we, what we deserve. Um, and I know that there is a film called the year without Santa Claus, but what if Santa went on strike? <laughs> um, and, and, um, like what, what would that, what would that even look like? And, um, is he able to like, just turn revert back to, Scott Calvin, he just, he's like, I, hashtag, I don't know, SCG, strong Santa Claus guild, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like um, it. Like, he goes on, Santa goes on Ozempic. <laughs> yeah, and then, and and you, we start getting, like, TikTok or Instagram videos, and they're like, what you can do to support Santa Claus, don't get a job as a mall Santa, if you do, you're a scab. <laughs> i love that um because i think i feel like the clause sets up an idea that you can re-up or Mm -hmm. renegotiate yeah i technically Um, don't even think he's paid any wage let alone he he is given room and board (laughs) but he's fighting for a living wage um the other one i was thinking was um the santa claus um which is i think i don't even know how you say his name i don't even watch the show um but i'm trying to cater to the youth um plows like hargroves or whatever from umbrella academy and um santa falls off the roof and for some reason it's him and then he gets to talk to the dead and um because that is his power and he learns about what happened to the last santa and he investigates the assassination um i just think that would be a wacky um and then if um people in a in a different christmas unit 
hear about what happened in the Santa Claus. And they're like, hmm, we could probably do that to our guy. And so they decided to assassinate the little drummer boy. And <laughs> um, and they do it right in front of Ringo Starr. And he picks up the, the drum kit and then he has to be the little drummer boy. Oh my God. <laughs> I love how all your remakes are like, we deserve to kill our bosses and because our co-workers that is i'm decided that that is what the film is about and i will not hear any differently <laughs> the film is assassination i think also i read that originally they were actually going to have like santa's dead body and they were like hmm, that might be traumatic so then they did the whole like literally like, yeah yeah but originally it was going to be like a full-ass dead body because i feel like Charlie's not traumatized enough, you know? Like, he's just, like, he's taking this all really well. Yeah. Like, not only is his dad Santa Claus, but I think we're skipping over the fact that we murdered Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) Or Charlie's just, like, he loves the violence. (laughs) That was his first, uh, that was his first taste of dark Do you think Charlie has, like, a misconception about how we get jobs now? So he's, like, oh, I want to be a lawyer so he just goes out and murders a lawyer um because he's like that's how it works for my dad murders um, and then puts what on are the applications <laughs> what are linked what is linkedin <laughs> oh my god he's like what's indeed <laughs> yeah. uh, all right well is there any who's your daddy stats for this film um i think it was pretty solid i will say um Judge Reinhold, who plays the Neil, um, he's from Delaware, and he went to the same school as my dad, um, and he's in the yearbook, so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, what I have been watching lately is Klaus, which I will highly, highly recommend. It is a fairly recent, I think within the past, like, five years um animated movie and my roommate watched it she's not like a big animated or Christmas movie fan and she loved it I would highly recommend it it's like um it it has honestly similar vibes to like Emperor's New Groove it's this like rich spoiled kid who's the son of like the head postman guy of like the usps and he's spoiled and he's at like a postman training camp and he like kicks him out to this like far-fetched like province in the netherlands or somewhere about there and it's so good you i would highly highly recommend um and then i watched the the newer animated grinch movie which i'll say that the jim carrey grinch freaks me out so bad because I don't like his like long wispy hairy fingers and I pretty much adamantly refused to rewatch that then uh we turned again to apocalypse but still winter so Christmas adjacent um the movie the day after tomorrow uh which is a young Jake Gyllenhaal and I had seen like bits and pieces it's one of those that I feel like is always playing like on cable you'll catch like 10 minutes of it here and there and so I had only seen I think maybe 20 minutes total and I finally watched the entire thing and it's it's really good it's not I love that movie yeah my dad would not get far no 
Well, if actually, I was, if I was like dying in a library, you would be like, let's make our peace with it. <laughs> you wouldn't even try? No. I think my mom would try for sure, but she would die. I think my dad would like. Well, I mean, I think thank God for nepotism in that one, right? Yeah. No, literally. <laughs> Imagine his dad was uh, like a caterer. Like, what's he going to do? <laughs> I know his dad has the perfect job for this movie. Um, yeah, it's really good. It honestly is like working its way up into like top uh top apocalypse movies for me maybe like top five um we've been watching the like newest season of what we do in the shadows which is really good um and then quite a turn here we also watched uh my best friend's exorcism (laughs) um which is not christmas or winter related at all but when i say we my roommate um we wanted a a little change of pace from the the warm and fuzzy Christmas vibes it was okay I've seen a lot of horror movies now and I kind of you know I know the shtick they all have a very similar plot line that they follow um but it had I will say it had like a lot of potential to be a good horror movie but then it very much dived more into horror comedy at about like the midway point which wasn't necessarily like bad. I did like the comedy. I thought it was funny. It just took away from kind of the serious horror movie vibes that they were building up for the first half. So it was a bit of like a jarring shift, but I thought it was okay. Um, And then I watched for the first time, I had never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a first time watch for me. It was really good. I liked it. Um, it reminded me, obviously this, this movie came after it, but it reminded me of like the stepfather's Christmas movie with like Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, um, kind of similar vibes to that. I really like that movie series as well. I think there's a, a one and a two of both of those. Um, but yeah, National Lampoon's is good. Cousin Eddie was like a bit too sad and goofy for me. Like I just kind Mm -hmm. of felt sad. (laughs) the whole time like he very much you know is supposed to be like the butt of the joke and it's supposed to be hilarious but I was just kind of like wow this is really sad and tragic and I hadn't seen it I haven't seen any of the other National Lampoon movies so Mm -hmm. I don't know the because I think there's one before this and then a couple after so I hadn't seen the the original one but yeah his his storyline is kind of too sad for me and I will say that it's like I love how like 90s it is for the boss to be like just a guy that has made a decision to not give out Christmas bonuses and that once we kidnap him and he sees like the the power of Christmas and and the sadness that he's his choices are impacting real families he's like wait a second I will send out the Christmas bonuses and if that were to happen with any single CEO Mm -hmm. today they would be fired on the spot they would be arrested. The the like employee would be fired on the spot, arrested. The CEO would become even worse. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's all CEOs, but I feel like CEOs today are so much more driven by like, you know, the, the corporate bottom line. And that would never, but, ever in a million years happen now. <laughs> but you're forgetting about the spirit of Christmas. Uh, I know, but I feel like if you went to, like, the CEO of, like, Apple and were, like, have you seen how your decisions impact, like, real people? He'd be like, yeah, that's why I'm killing people in sweatshops. No, no, it's the spirit of Christmas. (laughs) No, 
I don't think it works in today's economy. <laughs> seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. And that's what they say to like their lawyers when they <laughs> are when their their tax write-offs aren't adding up. Um but yeah, that's all I watched. What have you been watching? Um I watched Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain, um, which I enjoyed. It's on Peacock. It's like the Please Don't Destroy guys from SNL. And they like are going on an adventure to find this treasure. And it's like silly and weird. And um, Dustin from Stranger Things is in it. And it's just like, I mean, I thought it was funny. I don't find a lot of like comedy comedy movies funny because so many of them are like the like hoop humor kind of stuff which I don't really like and I didn't really find that to be the case here um I will say very very nepo heavy like that group has always been very nepo heavy um because it has John Higgins who is um what is it uh Steve Higgins son who's like the announcer for the tonight show he's like the Jimmy Fallon's secondhand guy Mm. um and he's like the announcer for SNL and he's a producer and stuff and then um Martin Herlihy his father is like a longtime collaborator with Adam Sandler and then they have Ben Marshall who's just like there he doesn't have any famous father and I love that I think he's the I think that's so clever and like honestly that's on me and that's on you Brooke because we could have networked with like Jim Comey's daughter Chip Eston's whatever (laughs) I don't know if it's a daughter son child I don't know we could have we could have networked I love how this guy found the two Nepo babies and latched himself on there I think that is clever and I think that is good business um so we missed our fucking shot because they met at NYU um and so I love that I love that he did that (laughs) LinkedIn in real life um and then I saw Totally Killer, which is a horror movie. It was like the first horror movie I've opted to watch. It's like Back to the Future, except she has to prevent her like mom's murder. Um, so it's a little bit strange, um, like science-wise. Um, but at least what like Johnny Be Good. Um, they didn't they didn't take from a black artist in this one, which I, I, I appreciated. Um, but that was okay. I mean, it wasn't like the best. It wasn't the worst. I don't think it was like, I wasn't scared by it. So I don't know if that makes it a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't twitches, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, and then I watched, um, the new season or how much they've released of the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly is not my favorite favorite because now we're like focusing on like the princess diana's death Mm. and they're just like really like making shit up all the time like stuff that just absolutely goes against history and like i can understand with other parts of like the british monarchy history they're going to like sensationalize but i think like princess diana like it's tragic enough that you don't need to make up like marriage plot lines and all of this kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't think that 
that is necessary. Like it was already a tragedy that gripped yeah the, the global global <laughs> audience. So I don't think it's really necessary to like make shit up for this. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't I don't like that. Um and then I saw all of Lessons in Chemistry, the mini series on Apple TV, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I know next time we're going to talk about like our top 10 films, but this is definitely like my top TV series that I think I saw of the year. Um, it's I like think we can include film or TV series. Ooh, okay. Oh, that, <laughs> that complicates things. Um, but, um, but Brie Larson is essentially like a chemist and there's like a lot of sexism and so she's not allowed to be a chemist and she ends up taking like her chemistry background and leading like an empowering cooking show for women that teaches them about like science and stuff and I don't know I thought it was really good and I thought it was like kind of in the same vibe of like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel but like with a more likable character so I don't know I liked it it does um have um uh Lewis Pullman who's the son of Bill Pullman as like one of the main guys who I've never I I mean I guess he was in um the new what's it called um oh my gosh what's that movie called Tom Cruise Mission Impossible no Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. He was in Top Gun Maverick, but I had never really seen him before. Um, but he's the son of Bill Pullman. So I thought that was interesting. He did well. Um, and then I watched Extraordinary, um, which is like, it's like a British show. The lead is like Irish. So it's like a lot of fun accents. And it's basically like a world where everyone has superpowers, but one girl like doesn't and she's like navigating this whole like situation and like trying to get a superpower and like I don't know she's just not super she's like they verbally say like you're a terrible person um so it's like not the most fun but I think it's an interesting concept I think there are some parts of it that are funny um and then I watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny which I thought was good. People didn't like it and people thought like, I don't know, people were saying like he's way too old to do this. I thought it was good representation about how incredibly awful it is to be a college professor. Um, Like the movie starts out and he is teaching on the same day that they're landing on the moon and there's like a parade outside and he's like, so did anyone do the reading? no one's even looking up at him he's like okay I guess I'll walk your hand walk I'll hold your hand through this mm-hmm. um and he has to go through a lecture and no one's paying attention to him and I'm like I don't even have the moon you know like this is happening without the moon <laughs> <laughs> this is every day so I thought that was good and I was um a little worried about I was like I I, I don't love when they add like random new characters into things so I was worried about um what's that lady who does flea bag? Um Phoebe, Phoebe Walter Bridge? Walter Yeah, Bridge? I always I get her confused with Phoebe Bridgers or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're very drastically different people. Um, but she was good in it. Um she plays like his like 
god daughter so and then there's like a weird i don't know they do like time travel in indiana jones and i don't know why everyone's doing like the multiverse time travel thing i don't think that needed to be in the indiana jones universe personally but i didn't hate it i thought it was fun um but yeah that's all i've been watching All right. Well, where can they find you and the podcast? They can find me at Maria Schwartz everywhere and at Remake Hot Take everywhere. Where can they find you, Brooke? They can find me at B underscore Reese Cup on Instagram. Woo! Woo! All right. Thanks for watching. Let us know your favorite Christmas movies or which profession you would murder to <laughs> to get their job <laughs> i'm gonna take out jimmy fallon <laughs> i want to be a late night talk show host <laughs> bye bye happy holidays